is Express FM. Supported by Southern Co-op. We are passionately Pompey. It is a new era at Fratton Park. There's a new man down there in the dugout. What a goal! What a pass! A wonderful strike! Pure, unadulterated Pompey. Absolutely thrilled to be here. You know, everything that I was expecting coming into the city and coming into the football club has been matched and more. Action and reaction. I think you probably saw on the pitch that there was a lot that we'd worked on in a short space of time. I think it's really good positive signs for the future. Certainly really excited to be playing under him and excited for what we can achieve this season now. Giving Pompey fans a voice. It's been immensely frustrating to still be in League One after six years. This is the Football Hour. Fans' interest in this division peaked a long time ago and it's stagnating. We've got to get out of this division and into the Championship. Two wins in two for John Mussino as Pompey are formidable on the field. Header is clawed off the line and then put in the back of the net by Joe Piggott. Surely it will be three points for Portsmouth. Towler's header was clawed up in the air by Lynch, but it fell kindly for Piggott, who wasn't going to pass up that opportunity. It's Fleetwood Town nil, Portsmouth 2. Feed the pig and he shall score. Joe Piggott bagged his first league goal since the 20th of August in midweek, rounding off a 2-0 victory for the Blues over Fleetwood Town. The assist for that one has been given to Riley Towler, who continues to impress following his recent arrival from Bristol City. He'll be giving his post-match verdict on tonight's show. Gaffer told us to bring it to them. We pressed well, we battled, we won our headers and to take three points here on a clean sheet, it's a great result. And after we've reviewed Tuesday's win, me and my two studio guests will look forward to Pompey's next challenge. Peterborough United await at London Road this weekend and the Blues head coach is hoping to transfer a lot of what he saw at Highbury Stadium in midweek into this game whilst acknowledging the step up in quality expected from the next opponent. It's going to be a different test, a completely different game on Saturday but there's a lot of the same things we can take into that and with a lot of confidence as well. As well as those two, we want to hear from you back home this evening as well, Pompey fans. What impressed you the most from Tuesday's win at Fleetwood? How do you see tomorrow's clash with the posh unfolding? And with the January transfer window slamming shut in just four days, how far away are the Blues from becoming a side ready to take the step up and start competing for a place in the top six again? To get in touch, simply text the word EXPRESS followed by your name and message. You can text that to 81400, email sport at expressfm.com. Otherwise, include at expressfm within your tweets or head over to facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. It's Friday. It is six o'clock. It's match day eve and you know what that means. Welcome. This is the Football Hour 93.7. Express FM. The Football Hour is brought to you this evening by Stagecoach Across the South, getting you from A to B through Hampshire and across the South Coast with a minimum of fuss. Head to stagecoachbus.com to find out more information on the services they can provide in your area. Okay, on the menu between now and seven, we'll be dissecting the Blues' midweek performance, looking ahead to the weekend's action in League One, discussing the latest injury news from Fratton Park and weighing up the expectations for the next few days as the closure of the transfer window looms closer. However, before we get to any of that, a reminder of how John Mussino maintained his 100% record in charge of Portsmouth Football Club. Everything we do is passionately pumping. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shoot and scores! 90 minutes of passionately pumpy commentary. He's gone! This is... You want to believe it! 
Pompey live. And we are about to get this one underway here in League One. Pack turns, one man good from Pack. Really good from Pack, and Lynch gets a little bit lucky as the ball squirms almost into the goal and just goes wide of the post, nil-nil. And he's managed to uh, allow Morel to get the ball, and Morel breaks into the box. There's a chance here, Morel across the face of goal. Bishop, it's gone into the net. Was it an own goal? I think it's an own goal. Bishop and Morel are leading the celebrations. It doesn't matter who it's gone in off. Portsmouth have taken the lead. Good work from Curtis and Morel down the left. And the ball nestling inside the far corner past Jay Lynch. Fleetwood Town nil, Portsmouth won. And now the delivery can come into the box. It's a good delivery. Whipped in, headed down. And Macy fumbled it once. But gathered it the second attempt on his goal line. Still 1-0. Oh, surely. That could be off. And that is a second yellow card. And that is Portsmouth going down to ten men. And Joe Morell, who only received a yellow card a few moments ago, is sent off for the second time in his Portsmouth career. And Poppy will have to play the final 22 minutes down to ten men. Tries the same again. Header is clawed off the line. Opportunity. It's Fleetwood Town nil, Portsmouth 2. A few boos at the final whistle because Fleetwood have seen their side lose a fourth consecutive home game for John Massinho. It's a second victory to start. Portsmouth have beaten Fleetwood by two goals to nil. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Andy Moon and Guy Whittingham there leading you through the events of Pompey's midweek trip to the Fylde Coast as Colby Bishop and Joe Piggott managed to get up a score sheet either side of a break to help the Blues to another 2-0 win. And with that, back-to-back league victories for the first time since the 13th of September. So a night to remember for John Musino and Pompey. Other results from the division uh, on Tuesday night then Bolton Wanderers were 1-0 winners over Forest Green Rovers. Ipswich Town defeated Morecambe by four goals to nil. MK Dons suffered a 1-0 defeat home to Shrewsbury Town. Derby County had to claw their way back from a goal down away at Port Vale to win by two goals to one and finally Wickham Wanderers 2 Oxford United nil, which leaves the current League One standings looking like this. Sheffield Wednesday and Plymouth Argyle remain second and first as it was before kickoff. Ipswich, Derby, Bolton and Barnsley in that order from third down to sixth inside the playoffs. Pompey jump up to 10th position. Now on 37 points and a plus three goal difference, they have played the same amount of games as Barnsley in sixth and are six points behind them. However, three games in hand on the likes of Bolton and Ipswich Town as well. So plenty still to play for down at the bottom. Forest Green Rovers recently appointed Duncan Ferguson as their new boss at the new lawn. They are rock bottom on 21 points, followed by Burton Albion, Cambridge United and Morecambe, who also occupy the playoff positions. Okay, well, it's not just myself on the football hour this evening between now and seven to go through all of the events from the midweek trip to Fleetwood Town and, of course, to preview tomorrow's game at Peterborough. I'm delighted to say joining me on this evening's show, our very own host of Over the White Line, it is Mr. Henry Deacon. Henders, good evening. Hi, mate. You all right? 
I'm 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 alright. Yeah, Pompey are doing well, so that is is, is instantly lifted uh, the, the spirit at work and and just getting through the week as a whole, knowing that Pompey are back to winning ways. Uh, Henry and a lot of that has come down to the the appointment of John Musino. A fantastic start to his career, not just as Pompey head coach Henry, but just overall in his managerial career. Do you see this as a new manager bounce, or is there genuine sort of cause to be, you know, excited with this appointment? It's one of those. I think naturally you always get that new manager bounce. It's, I suppose, as Pompey fans, you're always quite cautious about jumping the gun with positivity. Where I mean, two good results in two different circumstances. I mean, Fleetwood, as we know, traditionally is a tough place to go and get a result. Um, so. Yeah, there's there's reasons to be optimistic, but I think when it comes to Portsmouth, that optimism can always be quite cautious because we we sometimes know that we can we can start off well, almost get carried away and then get sucked into it. So I think mm. there's room for optimism, but maybe on a cautious scale. Alongside yourself, headers tonight, we have Matt Corrick uh, from the PI Forecast. Matt, a very good evening to yourself. A pleasure, as always, to have you on this evening show. Yeah, great to be back on again, Jake. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? Yeah, uh, again, like I said, Henry, just fantastic. Great to see Pompey back uh, to winning ways, Matt. And it's great to have you on the show where we are talking about um, success and, and positive news rather than uh, quite the opposite. Um, and we'll start, actually, Matt, with, with getting your thoughts on a couple of outgoings from Fratton Park over the past couple of days. We'll start with uh, Toby Stewart, who has uh, been sent out on loan to Salisbury uh, on a youth loan and until the end of the season. So goalkeeper Toby Stewart has joined Salisbury until the end of the season. And Michael Morrison, the uh, experienced defender the Blues had signed up to start up a campaign, he expressed his desire to return to where it all started for him, Cambridge United, shortly after the defeat to Bolton not so long ago. That, um, that upset a few people, Matt. Um, but he, he's got his wish. He's at Cambridge now. Is that one of these sort of stories where if you're not settled at a club, if you are, you know, even thinking about another club and, and wanting to play elsewhere, is that an indicator that maybe your heart's not entirely with with your current kind of employer? In, in this case, it was Pompey. I mean, it, it looked towards, well, I mean, for quite a while, actually, to be honest, that his heart's not really been in it. I mean, he started off okay, and, and to be honest, I thought he was going to be the experienced head that maybe we needed, you know, since we, we haven't really had a solid head you know, since really Michael Doyle, I suppose. So, you know, I, I thought it might have been a, a good bit of experience to have given the the opportunities that he's had to, to have in his career. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely, I think, a case that he, he certainly maybe wasn't settled. There was a lot of talk. He was quite open about it as well. Um, you know, and it, it just it all seemed a bit odd at the end with him, really. Um, so, in in a way, I'd say that this is actually a positive step forward for the club and probably maybe for him as well. Yeah, uh, we do have some emails coming in already. Thank you very much to those who have done so. Linda Mail has got in touch. Uh, John Bassino, two wins and two clean sheets, and we are playing on the front foot. We couldn't ask for more. On Tuesday, when we went down to ten men, we could have gone back defending what we had, but we continued to attack and got that other goal. We we know we're going to lose a game, but we have to give the manager time. And hopefully we can still do some business in this transfer window. Play at Pompey Linda, as ever, plenty to pick apart from that email. Henners will start off with the sending off of Joe Morrell in that second half. A second book of 
bookable offence just five or six minutes after he received his first yellow card. It was handball. Uh, it's deemed to be deliberate by the referee. Now, to be honest, Henry, I, f- I felt sorry uh, for, for Joe Morrell. It looked to be one of those really quick, instinctive movements of a hand away from his body, uh, which has caught connection with the ball. There's no doubt about it. His arms swung out of his body and it's in an unnatural position, but it wasn't deliberate by any stretch of any stretch of the imagination center of the park no real threat of an attack um, really to be stopped it was just i think unfortunate it's the issue is it's, it's the second yellow card isn't it i think if you with these sorts of events if you put it in isolation if he's not on a yellow card would you see it as a yellow card or not and sometimes the opinion can be different i mean it's it's a harsh one don't get me wrong it's mm. it's a harsh one but i think sometimes when it's the when it's the second one, it's the one that can get you sent off. You can sometimes we can sometimes be found guilty of over magnetizing the the situation. It's harsh, but then if he's not on a yellow, would the referee give a booking? It's a fifty fifty one. Some would, some would, and it's 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 one of those boner conjectures. And then when it's a, when it's the second one, straight after you, you get the first, it's you then at that point in the game you think things are going okay here. Now the red cars come in. In the past, this is all. Oh, this is where things go wrong. Yeah. But credit to the character of that team. You go on and you get the three points. As I say, you know, th- th- those are the games that define the character of a team. When you're going to a place like Fleetwood, which is tough to go, Tuesday night, long way to go, uh, would have travelled up even on the Monday, would have trained somewhere Tuesday. You know, it's a long prep for a fixture, mm. and your your back's against the wall in that scenario, and you can come out the other side. That's probably more impressive than anything else, is that when your back's against the wall, you can still come up with results. Yeah. We'll come on to talk about the goals uh, probably in the next part of the show, Matt. But let's highlight uh, another thing that uh, Linda mentioned within her email just a few moments ago. And that was not only a second successive win for John Messino at Pompey, but a second successive clean sheet as well, looking much more assured at the back. And one man who has been at the heart of that, Matt has been the new signing. Riley Towler, three appearances now for the Blues. Um, two clean sheets, of course, started off uh, coming on for that defeat to Bolton uh, just over a fortnight ago. What have you made of, of Riley Towler and the potential he has got to offer? I mean, he's he's an absolute steal, isn't he, really? Um, well, he's starting to look like that, really. Um, you know, naturally left-footed. Um, really calm and you know when, when the news broke there was a lot of, of AFC Wimbledon fans saying that you know this this was an absolute dream signing for us you know he'd been solid for them all season and, and had been really calm and composed and you know I thought you know that's that's all well and good um, doing that in League Two. I'm not saying it's a it's a giant gap, but you know it, it's still a drop down. And you know I thought maybe the the standard of, of coming up to League One. Um, there have been a, a few negative uh, sort of tweets as well about um, from from Bristol City fans saying he hadn't really performed in the Championship games that he had had. So you know there was always that question mark, but he's just stepped in and he, he just looks so natural at the back, and you know he's clearly making a difference. And mm. I think him and Raggett are working really well together. Yeah, uh, Matt, thank you very much. Uh, let's hear from the man himself now, shall we? Riley Towler spoke to Henry Port after the game on Tuesday night. Riley, back-to-back victories, another 2-0 victory tonight. Describe the performance. Obviously, we know it's a tough place to come, Fleetwood. We know how they play. They obviously go long, and um, Gaffer told us to bring it to them. We pressed well, we battled, we won our headers, and to take three points here on a clean sheet, it's a great result. The first away game under John Mussinio, how did the preparations prepare for this game? Obviously, it was a, a long drive up here, but we can't let it affect us. I think 
he just said go in and go and enjoy it work hard win your tackles we press really well and play some good footwork time but um yeah to get the uh, second goal definitely is a great feeling let's talk about that second goal a bit more obviously an assist for yourself tonight how did the goal come about obviously the corner obviously headed, it but pigs was in the right place at the right uh, right time to tap it in and yeah when that hit in there it's a great feeling in front of our fans as well in your third game as well it's not bad is it obviously my job's to defend to keep it out of the net but um, to help put the ball in the net is obviously a good feeling too as a defender though obviously the most important thing for you is clean sheets back to back one tonight how great did that feel obviously two on a bounce but um, the main thing exactly is to, to keep it out of the net and um, keep clean sheets but I thought the boys done really well everyone was at it tonight and we battled we won our tackles we won our headers and I thought the boys was brilliant personal note you seem to have settled in really well obviously forming a defensive partnership with Rags how has that helped you? Uh, Rags has been brilliant he's, he's given me he's given me tips at the back um, in training he's helping me all the boys have been brilliant since I've come in they've welcomed me the gaffer's been brilliant since he's come in all the staff's been brilliant so um, yeah I'm really enjoying it at the minute Just a final note on the away support today how great were they to see us through to the win? Oh, they've been brilliant. You could hear them all night, so I think I heard the doors shout, but it's been brilliant. I thought they was class. It was obviously the 12th man up to tonight every week, so um, yeah, it was quality tonight. And a uh, player with high potential is reported by uh, Wimbledon fans, Bristol City fans, uh, alike Henry Deacon joining Pompey uh, on an undisclosed fee uh, from Bristol City in this transfer window on a two and a half year deal recalled from AFC Wimbledon by the Robins to be able to be sold to Portsmouth as part of that transfer. Um, spoken pretty well in that interview as well. Headers definitely mm. doors, isn't it? Yeah, and I think you also, I think with the, the new lads that come in, you've got to think about, of course, the scenario that they've come in under. Can't be easy for them, you know, coming into a new club who themselves are having a, you've got a new manager in place. So, you know, it's, it's difficult enough coming into a new club. The fact that there's a new thing in place midway through the season. In some ways, it could be a double-edged sword type thing. A, it's not an established dressing room in terms of new management and things, but also it can actually help them settle on their feet because everyone's adjusting to a to a new regime so it's a huge test of character and you, you when you listen to interviews and i suppose especially in the journalistic capacity you always listen to the buzzwords and the buzzwords were the white ones there and you know he, he seems very switched on um i mean been impressed with him so far and yeah i mean i say it's not an easy scenario to, to come into but he's, he's he's taken the opportunities and ran with it yeah Okay, it is time now for a very short break, but fear not, as when we come back, we'll ramp up the analysis from Tuesday's win at Fleetwood and move on to preview tomorrow's trip to Peterborough as well, squeezing the thoughts of John Musino in between too. He's been recapping his first week in charge of Pompey and explaining how he's settling in. There's nothing you can do that can prepare you for what's to come, but it's been really enjoyable. Obviously, the wins have helped with that, but more importantly for me, the performances and just the way that the lads have reacted to me coming in. Catch the full extent of that pre-match interview with the Blues head coach when the Football Hour returns after this. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. The new Stagecoach Flexi 5, a bus ticket that works when you do. For those who travel often, but not every day. These new flexible bus tickets are available as Flexi 5. Bundles of five day riders for the price of four. And Flexi 10, bundles of 10 day riders for the price of seven. Flexi tickets are now available to download via the Stagecoach Bus app. Download Flexi 5 or Flexi 10 from Apple App Store or Google Play today. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.com. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. 
Hello there, welcome back to the Football Hour here on Express FM, brought to you, as always, by Stagecoach Across the South. You can download their app right now, simply by searching for Stagecoach on either the Apple app or Google Play Store. You can prepay for your ticket and even track your bus on a live mapping system as well. Joining myself, Jake Smith, on this evening's edition of the Football Hour, both Henry Deacon and Matt Corrick, offering their thoughts on Pompey's 2-0 victory over Fleetwood Town in midweek and looking ahead later on to their trip to Peterborough United uh, in their next round of League One fixtures tomorrow afternoon. Back um, to Fleetwood though on Tuesday night then uh, Colby Bishop opening the scoring in the first half. Matt but Joe Piggott in the second half rather late on scoring his first league goal since late August. That was a penalty in a win over Bristol Rovers at Fratton Park. He did of course score that incredible free kick against Stevenage in the Papa John's Trophy just before Christmas but that is a long time Matt to go without scoring a league goal. However, was he really given much of an opportunity to do so? No, I mean, we, we didn't see him at all under Cowley, really. Um, and I don't think we, well, probably now won't ever find out what, what went on with that and, and what reason he wasn't given a chance. Because, I mean, if, if you go back to August and, and certainly the Caribou Cup game against Cardiff, um, you know, a couple of goals in that game, um, and, and played really well. Um, so it, it just seems a bit odd whether whether there was something internal going on there. But, I mean, given his chance, and we all know that Joe Piggott can do it on his day, you know. So, you know, hopefully this this is a chance for him and, and he can start, you know, getting back on the score sheet and, and adding to the goal tally. Mm. Perhaps a little bit too early to get too ahead of ourselves, headers, but Joe Piggott scoring on Tuesday night. If he can continue uh, with you know some sort of goal scoring form maybe bag a couple over the next few weeks does that indicate to you that Pompey between now and the end of the season I know hindsight's a wonderful thing because the transfer window ends in four days so he hasn't really got much time to prove himself but does that indicate to you if he can get the ball rolling start popping up with a goal here or there be given more of an opportunity by the new head coach of Colby Bishop Joe Piggott and Dane Scarlett on the bench as well is, is that a good enough attack do you think to be competing for the top six? With one more, yes, I think at the minute you just wonder because as we know, if we get to the end of the season, there's going to be games that are going to come thick and fast, important games, and at this time of season, the game's going to be higher tempo. You pick up one injury, I think we're like, um, I just say, so I just want to see one or two little areas, little positions, just one or two more through the door between now and January the 31st, and look getting players at the top end of the pitch they come at a premium they come at a price and, and decent ones come few and far between so it's not a easy task at all but there's quality options there I just think we need numbers in those options as well yeah uh, there was one change for Pompey on Tuesday night from their victory over Exeter last weekend Matt that was Ronan Curtis replacing Michael Jacobs and Jacobs not even on the bench uh, so we're hoping that's not going to be something too serious for Michael Jacobs reportedly uh, out for just a week or so as it stands anyway uh, but Ronan Curtis himself Matt came off uh, on Tuesday night with, with an injury himself he, he didn't look too comfortable um hobbling off at the end as well after the full-time whistle had to be carried essentially down the tunnel and we've heard from Andy Moon since that game he's rolled his ankle and the severity of that is that he might be out for the next two to three weeks um given the fact Matt that Ronan Curtis under John Messina has rediscovered a little bit of that form that we saw from him a couple of years back when he first signed from the League of Ireland is this going to be a bigger miss than some Pompey fans might first fear well I mean given that 
you know, Jacobs is out for a week and, and Curtis is out for a week, I mean, it kind of leaves it a bit weak over on that left side, to be honest with you. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be a big miss not having Ronan. And obviously, you know, with him hearing a bit of form and, and sounding like he's up for it under Messino, then... You know, it's going to be a, a bit of a loss, most certainly. And, and a game like Peterborough on the weekend would would sort of have Curtis written all over it. So, yeah, I mean, most certainly it's going to going to be a big loss for us at the moment. How do you, Headers, if you were the gaffer, if you were in charge of Pompey tomorrow afternoon, with the the, the fact that Ronan Curtis and Michael Jacobs will both be missing out of tomorrow's game at London Road, how do you adapt this team around that, get over this, uh, and try to replace the energy that undoubtedly they both have been bringing in recent weeks? I mean, that's a tough one. Um, I don't envy him having to to, to sort of pick that. I, I think, you know, you've got Rico there as an option. Um, not been great of, of recent times, but the, there's an opportunity there for him to to show what he can do under under Messino and then you know the new coaching team. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and other than that, you know, may, maybe you have to, to move it into a, a five and, and sort of go with wing-backs and play Hume um, over that side and, and kind of hope that we can kind of just adapt for, for a couple of games, you know, if we have to. Yeah. Uh, a couple of tweets on uh, social media as well. Neil says, the feel-good factor comes rushing back. Fantastic. Back to that. Back-to-back wins, brilliant Pompey. Uh, Brooks Medley says this new Pompey football is intense. I love it. Um, Henry, obviously we've seen the improvements as far as results are concerned. and I know you've got to head off in around about five minutes or so, so I'm going to sort of end with with your thoughts now and, and, and looking ahead to tomorrow's game at Peterborough. It's not just the, the results, is it, Henry? The, the performances have stepped up a gear since the arrival of John Mussino. Is a lot of that, do you think, mentality-wise? I think when a new manager comes in, and especially midway through a season, there's the, oh, okay, now we're going to have to pull things up here because I think John's already made straight away the fact that there's no nonsense with me. We're going to play this way. This is my style of play, and I'm not going to change for anyone. And when a new manager like that comes in mid-season, he's working every single player out. So naturally, early on, you're going to see that natural 10% increase because as a player, you think, well, if I'm not up to it, this new manager's going to come in and he's going to try and kill off the weeds one by one by one. So naturally, you'll see an incline in performance because of that new manager bounce. What's going to be the question mark going forward, more into the medium term, say another month's time, is how long that new manager bounce lasts for? How much can they keep that bounce? How much will the players be kept on their toes because ultimately this is a a new manager coming in with a squad of players which as of yet isn't his own and so between now and the end of the season the mentality of the players has to be on top of trying to achieve stuff at club level is on a personal level well I've got no guarantees no assurances and loyalties from this new manager yet and so I've got to put the performances in to make sure that come the end of the season if I'm out of contract or I've got a year left my contract and I want an extension that I put in the performances that that weren't that Mm. Uh, and Henry, I'd like to get your thoughts on this uh, as well. Um, John Messina, of course, he's only just retired as a player. Uh, Pompey have nabbed him from Oxford United, ongoing his his coaching courses of, as well. He's been assistant at the Castam since uh, 2021. So, okay, no stranger necessarily to to life from the dugout, Henry. But do you think that that connection he's got, having only recently retired as a player, being of a relative 
similar sort of age to the current crop of players we've got at the side, you know, give five, six years difference. Do you think that kind of factor will play its part between now and the end of the season? Do you think that kind of connection he's going to have with the players, having only recently retired himself, is going to work in Pompey's favour? Possibly. Possibly, but even when someone's 35, 36, when you see a dressing that's full of young lads at 10 years younger than that, they can still feel a bit of a generational age gap. I think the crucial thing when a young manager comes in, and we've spoken about it at Premier League level, uh, when we've seen the likes of Lampard, Gerard, and, and, and Arteta get jobs at the highest level, is, is not so much the manager that's in place. When you've got a young manager who's in a first job, like John is, as important as it is the appointment of the manager is, as important how the manager appoints his backroom staff. That, in the early days, when you're still trying to work new things out as a manager, that can be the key difference. You want experienced people stood alongside you for the good moments. And then, look, naturally, as a man, we know what football's like. It's up and down. And as a manager, you, you have the highest of highs and you have the lowest of lows. And so when those moments happen early on in your career, mm. is that you've got the right people behind the scenes for you that can keep things on as even a kilter as possible because football management is a is a crazy journey and, and John obviously is going to be learning on that journey. So if he can have experienced people alongside him, it, it doesn't just help him, but it also helps the squad as well. You know, I think the key to any good management is to have an, is almost like a good cop, bad cop relationship and the fact that you have an assistant manager that players can relate to as well and can go to. And if he can get those components right and the components are right, then hmm. there's, there's no reason why there can't be success. Henry, away from the Pompey talk for just a moment, as we do have to let you go now, I'm afraid you've got a very busy evening ahead of yourself. Uh, what are you up to this weekend? Any any football plans? Any 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 work you've got coming up that you'd like to like to share with us? I know you're a very, very busy man. And so, you know, you, people hear they, they hear you on over the white line, but you are much more than that, aren't you? What what have you got planned to come up this weekend, mate? So I'm doing the so I'm in week four, so I'm doing the Moda Super Series this week. Then we're doing the presenting the Champions Week next week. So I've got likes of Fallon Sherrick and John Henderson playing tonight. Got a couple of big names into tomorrow night's final. So tomorrow's going to be a little bit of a rest day. One of my um, one of my colleagues is cooking um, is cooking food for us. So we're having like a like a big like presenters, commentators, like staff staff meal, brownies, all the rest of it. So. <laughs> Yeah, so so yeah, basically most of the times over at the um, Super Series, which is over at London Road. So if you ever want a Saturday Saturday night out in North End, tickets are free, and you can have a night at the darts with some of the best players in the world. I was gonna, I'm glad you said that at the end, Henry. The Modus Super Series for those uneducated is darts up the darts. <laughs> Love the darts. And I assume my my invite for the uh, for the food got lost in the post. Uh, yeah, I got. I, I put the wrong address in. Yeah, sorry. Oh, okay. Henry, <laughs> thank you very much. It's been a pleasure, as always, to have you on the show this evening. Have yourself a great night and enjoy your rest day tomorrow. Thank you very much. Cheers, pal. Take care. Henry Deacon there, of course. We'll be back with Over the White Line this coming Wednesday from 6 through until 7 o'clock. Talking all things non-league football and the Pompey women as well. Thank you very much once again to Henry Deacon for joining us on the Footblower tonight. Okay, now, as we move on to look more into what's to come over the course of the next few days for Pompey, let's hear the pre-match thoughts of the Blues head coach, John Musino, who, after taking training on Thursday afternoon, was asked if the session he'd just held felt like the first proper one since taking charge following a hectic week of league action getting him away. Yeah, in a way it was, because, yeah, we did get to go out on the grass, but because of the physical demands from the weekend and from Tuesday 
particularly with the away travel and getting back so early on Wednesday morning we, we didn't have a full training session with the starters so we just split the group we, we did everything together in the start we had about 25 minutes together and then the, the guys that had started went off to do a bit of recovery and then I took the rest of the lads for a good full uh, full session so it was really pleasing actually for me to see them they've not had a real chance to, to show me what they're about and, and everything I know about them going in is, is very different from when you actually see them on the grass and see them up close so from that point of view it was really pleasing to, to actually uh, get them together and in a smaller group and, and sort of test them out on the training pitch It's the seven day mark of being Pompey head coach on Friday how would you summarise your first week? An absolute whirlwind and there's, you know, there's nothing you can do that can prepare you for, for what's to come but it's been really enjoyable obviously the, the wins have helped with that but more importantly for me the performances and, and just the way that the lads have reacted to me coming in uh, things are always going to take time here definitely you know, there's, there's still a, a huge amount of work to do but um, I think I've got some really willing learners in there and, and the guys have taken on everything and, and done everything that I've asked them to do and, and more as well and that's probably the most pleasing thing for me Fixture-wise, it doesn't get any easier. Trip to Peterborough this weekend. What are you expecting from them? Expecting a real stern test. Peter will be up and around the playoffs this year, definitely. And I know they're a good side, having played against them once this year. And I think they beat Oxford at the Kassam 2-1, which is an excellent result. And they've got a good side. Uh, obviously, Darren Ferguson's gone back in and he's got great pedigree at the club. He's, he's got them out of this league before and he's, got, he's had a fantastic record, I think, at this level. So we expect a really tough test uh, away at... Uh, it used to be London Road. I'm not entirely sure what it is now, but... Uh, I think they're a good side and they've got um, attacking talent in abundance and I think they've balanced that off this year particularly with um, being quite solid at the back which is always a potent combination so a stern test I think we should expect How can you go about taking the momentum from the Exeter and Fleetwood games into, into this weekend? Well we've just tried to reinforce all of the positives this morning that's that's what we'd like to do after every game we, we have a, a positive um, meeting after where we, we look through all the points of improvement and then everything that we want to build on as well so really taking everything everything that they've taken on board over those two games and you know pinpointing areas where we can get better there's always going to be areas where we can get better particularly when you win games I think it's a really important time to nail down some of the things that we need to do better and, and then also just to show them periods of the game where we played really good football but we were really solid underneath that as well and I thought you know we looked like we, we dominated the game so it's going to be a different test a completely different game on Saturday but there's a lot of the same things we can take into that and with a lot of confidence as well Squad wise you're obviously going to be without Ronan Curtis and Joe Morrell what are the latest on, on Ronan and how much of a loss would Joe be as well Yeah Joe will be a big loss he's done brilliantly well since I've come in and provided something different than I even thought he had especially with the forward running that he provides from, from the middle of the park and That'll be, you know, that'll be that'll be tough. The goal that he scored the other day was was excellent. He, he kept popping up in that position, and, and although the finish for the goal wasn't the best, he deserved it. Uh, and then, yeah, Ronan, uh, he's been excellent. He's been he's been excellent. He he didn't put his head down when he didn't start the first game. He came on and had an impact against Exeter. And I think everybody knows that he was he was getting back to his best the other night. He was very very close to to scoring a couple of times in the first half. Obviously struck the post in the second half from the the thundering drive from the edge of the box. And you know everybody, including myself, we just we just gutted to see him limp off the pitch. And deadline day approaching. How's everything recruitment side of things? Yeah, going really well. We we had a full day yesterday. Um, there's going to be a bit more work to do this afternoon in terms of uh, you know what we're what we're looking at and how the pictures change. So get across and, and go and see Rich and Phil and, and see what we've done. There were a few moving parts after uh, the training session today, and we'll go from there. We're, we're looking to strengthen definitely, and we'll be doing the right things hopefully before Tuesday.
John Musino there speaking ahead of Pompey's trip to Peterborough this weekend with Max Swatton at yesterday's press conference. Matt Corrick now joins me for the next 20 minutes or so for the final stages of this evening's edition of the Football Hour. Interesting to hear there, Matt, uh, John Musino mentioning that there are some moving parts and work still to be done over the next four days before the closure of the transfer window. Matt, as a fan, we've seen an improve in results and, albeit to be fair, performances as well on the pitch. However, how many more faces do you think are required before we can really establish Pompey as, you know, not just a mid-table team as we currently are, but as a contender to maybe slip into the top six and maybe nab one of those final playoff positions? Let's be honest, automatic promotions gone. Yeah, I mean, the, the, your dream is to, to get these over the line and, and, you know, sort of hopefully get on that run through January. But, you know, we understand nowadays that, that deals can take a bit longer. So it, it doesn't leave a lot of time to, to fill sort of every position um, that we may possibly need. I mean, ideally, we're sort of certainly lacking at the back now with, with Robertson out injured for, for the foreseeable future. Um, I mean, midfield, I'm not so worried about. I think now that, you know, we've got Tomo back, Lowry, hopefully, at some point, should be around soon. Um, so, I mean, that, that area, we're, we're strong, but most certainly, I, I would love to see another winger come in. Um, you know, as I said earlier in the show, you know, on, on the left side now, we're, we're really weak um, and, and that can't continue for for the remainder if we want to carry on this form and, and go and get victory. So we, we most certainly need an attacking winger that's mm. that's going to run and, and score goals and commit to, to the press that we're, we're currently looking at. So that that would be the most important position for me to fill at the moment. Um, and as I said, another, another centre-back coming in, a right-foot centre-back would be ideal. Yeah, uh, I know this. There's been a, a bit of rumours going about uh, a lad from the League of Ireland, um, so we, we can see if that progresses at all. But yeah, I mean, the, there's there's options there, and, and hopefully they'll get it over the line in time. And and you know, with the, maybe those couple of additions, um, we we can certainly look as well as I said with Lowry coming back, and hopefully Rafferty soon as well. We can we can start looking like the team that we we were at the start of the season. Fingers crossed. And for any transfer news that does break over the course of the next uh, few days before the closure of the transfer window, Pompey fans, if we're not on air uh, either on the Football Hour or Pompey Live, you can head to at ExpressFM on Twitter or visit expressfm.com for the latest Pompey transfer news. Don't forget, Blues fans, if you want to have your say between now and seven, you've got just over 15 minutes to get in touch tonight. 81400 is the number you need to text and start those messages with the word express. Otherwise, you can email sport at expressfm.com, tweet using at expressfm, or you can head on over to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Okay, we'll be back with even more Pompey discussion in just a few moments' time. Don't go anywhere. This is the Football Hour 93.7. Express FM. Go by bus. Go greener with Stagecoach. Next stop, a cleaner, greener future. Did you know that if we all ditch the car and switch to a bus just once a month for a year, we'd save the UK 2 million tonnes of CO2? Switch to bus, because by switching, you can make a big difference. Get on board a Stagecoach bus for a cleaner, greener future. For more information, go to switchtobus.com. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM.
Welcome to Express FM. Welcome to the Football Hour, sponsored, of course, by Stagecoach Across the South. You join myself, Jake Smith, for the last 15 minutes or so, alongside Pompey fan and a podcaster from the PO forecast, Matt Corrick. As we start to preview now of the Blues trip to Peterborough United in League One, coming up tomorrow afternoon at three o'clock. Pompey Live, of course, returns from two from London Road with all of the coverage of that game. Pre-match build-up, half-time analysis and post-match reaction with commentary in between from our friends at BBC Radio Solent with Andy Moon and Guy Whittingham. A couple of uh, messages to get through before we do hand you over to Connor at seven. Uh, Mockers says, when did Pompey last play in the same division as two clubs with managers or head coaches with the same first initial and surname? Referring, of course, to Darren Ferguson of Peterborough and now Duncan Ferguson of Forest Green Rovers Mockers. I don't know, my friend. I don't know. And I'm assuming, Matt Corrick, you're, you're not not too knowledgeable about one either. That's quite, a, quite a niche statistic, isn't it? It's, uh, it's a strange one. but uh, Matt... no, That's definitely uh, a long research. That one. Yeah. <laughs> I've got absolutely no idea on that one, I'm we'll, afraid. We'll leave that one to yourself, Mockers, if you can find out. Brilliant. Let us know, because I am actually quite interested in knowing now. Uh, thank you very much, Mockers, for getting in touch. Chris Underwood um, on Twitter. Imagine adding Tom Lowry, Jay Mingi, or Louis Thompson alongside Marlon Pack and Joe Morrell in that midfield. Matt, of course, John Mussino is going to have to be calling upon one of them for tomorrow's trip to Peterborough. We're expecting Tom Lowry to still be out injured for that game, but the likes of Louis Thompson, Jay Mingi, having to come in for the injured Joe Morrell. Of course, got Ryan Tunnicliffe as well. Matt, as a supporter, from what you've last seen over the last couple of games, we know the preferred option would probably be Joe Morrell alongside Marlon Pack, of course, suspended now for tomorrow's game. Who would you adopt in that role and why? Well, I'm I'm going to probably go on a bit of a, a shock here, to be honest with you. But I, I think Mingi would be the absolute ideal fit um, mm. for for the type of player that, that Messino wants there. You know, he, he wants a player that can drive forward and, and get into those pockets. And, you know, although Mingi's maybe not the most natural finisher, um, you know, he's certainly, you know, showing that he can score some good goals this season. And, um, you know, also... I just think he, he's going to fit better there um, for for that type of, of as I said, player that we we just need that's, that's going to burst forward. I think maybe defensively, I've questioned Mingi over the years. I mean, don't get me wrong, he, he's great in the challenge, but sometimes going backwards, he's he's a bit questionable. But I, I just think that he he would certainly most likely be the player that would suit that better than Thompson, who, who tends to like to sit in and maybe not sort of pull out so much. Yeah, Of course, it is John Messina who will be making that decision for Pompey when they take on Peterborough tomorrow at London Road. Just a reminder, of course, Renan Curtis is likely to be out injured for the next week or two. Uh, we still don't know really what the likes of Tom Lowry, Joe Rafferty are scheduled to be back. And of course, uh, Joe Morrell suspended due to that second yellow card at Fleetwood on Tuesday night. And before we get the final reaction of Matt Corrigan, pre-match build-up to tomorrow's trip to London Road as well as the final thoughts from you guys back home tuning in. A quick look at what Peterborough United, the opposition for this weekend's game, will have to offer the Blues and the kind of threat they'll be posing to John Bussino, who will be bidding to secure three successive league victories since his appointment.
After back-to-back victories to begin the reign of John Messino at Portsmouth, this weekend offers the new head coach's toughest challenge yet, Peterborough United, the opponents. Pompey Live, this week's opposition. The Blues were 2-0 victors over Fleetwood Town at Highbury Stadium in midweek, thanks to goals either side of the break from Colby Bishop and Joe Piggott. It's back on the road just days later for Pompey, who travelled to London Road, home of the posh. Manager. Guess who's back? No, seriously. Darren Ferguson is once again the man at the helm of Peterborough United. The 50-year-old son of legendary gaffer Sir Alex Ferguson returned for what is now his fourth spell in charge of the club earlier this month, succeeding Grant McCann in the dugout at London Road. Ferguson had first represented the posh as a manager when he was appointed in 2007, leaving two years later by mutual consent after a run of bad results. In all fairness to the Scotsman, he has won promotion from League One with Peterborough in each of his previous three stints with the club, twice as runners-up and once through the lottery of the playoffs. Overall, Darren Ferguson has taken charge of 518 games as Peterborough manager, winning 228. One to watch. Promising winger Efron Mason Clark is certainly one to keep a close eye on this weekend. The 23-year-old joined the posh on a three-year contract for an undisclosed fee from Barnet back in August, despite reported interest from Danny Cowley when he was in charge of Pompey. Mason Clark has been involved in 18 league matches so far this term, contributing to four goals and three assists. Two of those goals came in his most recent appearance for the club, bagging a brace in their 2-0 win at Port Vale on January the 16th. Top scorer. Unsurprisingly, Johnson Clark Harris leads the way in front of goal at this stage of the season. The striker, who joined Peterborough from Bristol Rovers in the summer of 2020, has so far claimed 13 league goals since the start of the campaign, as well as two in the Papa John's Trophy. In his last full season in League One, Clark Harris won the top goalscorer award for the division, netting 31 goals across 45 league appearances for the posh, six more than runner-up Charlie Wyke, who then represented Sunderland. Current form. Peterborough have only been in action twice in 2023, compared to the six games Pompey have featured in since the turn of the year. Their last match was away at Port Vale on the 16th of January, a game they won by two goals to nil. Prior to that victory in Darren Ferguson's first game back in charge, their form had been on the decline, picking up just one win in their previous seven league outings, a run which ultimately led to the sacking of Grant McCann. Currently, the posh sit eighth in League One, having accumulated 38 points from their opening 25 matches. They are five points adrift of the playoff places and just one point ahead of Portsmouth, having played the same amount of games. So, can the Blues pick up their third league win on the bounce? All of the unmissable action on Pompey Live. Big thank you to pre-recorded me for taking a quick look at Peterborough United. Now, of course, managed once again, Matt Corrick by Darren Ferguson. It is the fourth time that he has been appointed as manager of the posh, Matt. And as highlighted within that piece, whilst it is quite funny... He has won promotion every other time he's been at the helm, so that actually bodes quite well for Peterborough fans. I mean, it, yeah, I, I, I kind of on that one. <laughs> that explains it, a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is, it's crazy, isn't it, to be honest with you? I mean, he, it, don't get me wrong. I mean, he's he's obviously succeeded pretty much every time he, he's been um, in charge when they've been in League One. Um, you know, so the record stands there but it always seems to falter when they they go into the championship so for me it it 
surely not a long-term appointment because the the progression's just not there um, and it, it just seems like a really backward step for McCann I mean mm. don't get me wrong they, you know they've not had a good season at all under McCann and it didn't work out for him but it just it's it's the craziest move ever I mean don't get me wrong I, I'm sure he's probably gonna you know steady the ship and they'll most certainly be in the playoff hunt for the rest of the season and they're, they're a dangerous side they've got some absolute you know quality players there but mm. it just it seems like the, the most crazy move moving forward for them really yeah. long term and it will be the battle of the Thompsons at London Road tomorrow afternoon of course Louis Thompson representing Pompey uh, his brother Nathan former Blues defender uh, now at Peterborough United and of course uh, that man Ben Thompson not sure if anyone's ever heard of him uh, he's playing midfield a couple of years ago he's pretty decent as well um, the first time we've seen Louis Thompson come up against his, his brother Nathan in, in a couple of seasons Matt um, good player Nathan Thompson we know from his days at, at Pompey but you know, you mentioned there Darren Ferguson, the record he's had at Peterborough, but the kind of threat they pose, and the fact they will be a playoff contender this season. But the man you've really got to get quiet is their top goal scorer, Johnson Clark Harris, yet again tearing it up in League One. Yeah, I mean he he's just an absolute threat, isn't he? He's he's, um, he's lethal in front of goal. He's strong, you know, and he, he seems to to get in front of defenders as well. And you know, we we all know how clinical he can be from the spot as well. So, yeah, I mean he, he's certainly one to watch. And you know, this is this is going to be a big test going back. You know, earlier on the show we were talking about Taylor. You know, this is going to be a big show for him as well. Mm. Um, you know, and and they're going to have to to really be switched on. Uh, to, to make sure that the the players that they have got are, are you know kept quiet for the game yeah. and we just we need I think to be honest with you we need not to to worry so much about that that sort of threat in in terms and just play our game the way we have the last two games and you know hopefully we can just come away from there with with another win. Yeah, and uh, we do have an email here from Dave Byrne, who's got in touch this evening. Good evening, Jake. We are starting to look like a team again. Dips in form are suddenly in reverse and results are following. It was a really good test of character at Fleetwood, especially after going down to 10 men. Really disappointed with the sending off as it potentially disrupts our rhythm this coming Saturday. Joe Morrell would have been a nailed-on starter and ideally I'd have otherwise been looking for Tom Lowry to step in, but obviously that can't happen. Nevertheless, I'm more confident than I was that whoever takes Joe Morrell's place will give everything for the shirt and if we can get something from the game it would cap a very good week I will go for a two-all draw in the hope that I'm being pessimistic points over the next three games could kill or cure our season just want to add Riley Towler has been a bonus so far player Pompey Dave in a list on the emails thank you very much to Dave for getting in touch uh, Mark on the text says uh, I loved I loved that John Messino wasn't fist pumping and over celebrating keeping calm after the wins hands in pockets Love it. Mark on the text there. And a lot of people were adored uh, by the fact that Danny Cowley, Nicky Cowley, loved, they loved to fist pump, get the crowd riling up. Matt, you've got about 20 seconds or so, but how would you react to that text remark? Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I want to see some passion for, from managers. Um, I think sometimes overexerting it can, can be a bit of an odd one but you know not that the Cowleys did at all I think what they did was fine it always got the fan base up and it was always a good feeling after a win to have them over with the crowd but you know some managers are well in fact all managers are different and, and some go about it in their own way and mm. if that's the way Messino does it and he carries on getting three points for us then yeah. so be it so of course the Pompey men in action this weekend away at Peterborough United the Pompey women also back in league action they're also away from home they take on Bridgewater United on the road 2 o'clock kickoff on Sunday 
afternoon. That comes after last week's 3-0 win over Plymouth Argyle, a game which sealed progression to the semi-finals of the National League Cup. The draw for the semis was made on Monday evening and it is Nottingham Forest where the Blues will go to battle for a place in the final, which will be held at Burton Albion's Pirelli Stadium later on in the season. That game between Pompey and Nottingham Forest, the leaders of the National League North, the, the equivalent of the National League South that Pompey find themselves in, the third tier of the women's game uh, will take place on Sunday the 5th of March uh, up in Nottingham so a game to look out for in just over a month's time for the Pompey women congratulations as well to them for getting to such a stage of the competition but it is the men we're focused on this evening and we will come on to talk about the game against Bridgewater when the football hour returns on Monday evening we'll recap what has gone on there Matt Corrick it's been a pleasure as always to have you on the football hour my friend thank you ever so much a score prediction from you please as Pompey take on Peterborough tomorrow it's a tight one I'd, I'd take a 1-0 but I've I'm, I'm just got a feeling that obviously with their attacking threat they, they're probably going to get on the score sheet so I'm, I'm going to go for a one all one all draw thank you very much Matt thank you very much also to Henry Deacon for joining us on the show tonight big cheers to all of our listeners as ever here on the Football Hour and a big thank you to Stagecoach Across the South Pompey Live returns tomorrow afternoon kick off is 3 o'clock at London Road our coverage starts here at 2 all the unmissable action. This is Pompey Live. It's two wins in two for John Messino as Portsmouth head coach. Same again. Header is clawed off the line and then put in the back of the net by Joe Piggott. Surely it will be three points for Portsmouth. The second of Pompey's away trips this week comes as they face Peterborough in League One. Join us for all of the unmissable action Saturday afternoon from two. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Yeah, thank you, Robbie. Myself, Robbie James, and the return of the Pompey women's head coach himself, Jay Sadler, for Pompey Live tomorrow afternoon from 2 o'clock, live from London Road through until 6pm with all of the pre-match coverage, half-time analysis, post-match reaction from the Blues trip to Peterborough United in League One. Can John Lucino claim a third successive win since taking over at Fratton Park? Join us from 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon to find out. Well, coming up here on Express FM this evening... Express Floor Fillers is back right after the news at 7 o'clock with Connor Mosley, so do be sure to join Connor from 7 for into the early hours of Saturday morning for nothing but absolute bangers here on Express FM. The Football Hour will be replayed tomorrow morning at 4am. I know that's pretty early to get up if you're heading to Peterborough. I'm leaving around about 8 o'clock. It is a bit too early for that, but if you are up, if you can't sleep, you can listen back to tonight's show from 4 o'clock tomorrow morning, or you can head to our website straight after the show expressfm.com forward slash podcast or visit the Apple or Google Podcast app or even Spotify now where you can replay tonight's show and previous editions of the Football Hour as well. So as I mentioned earlier, Pompey Live back tomorrow from 2 o'clock. Myself, Robbie and Jay from London Road. But until then, Blues fans, thank you ever so much for listening. As always, it's been an absolute pleasure. Take care of yourselves. Have a great evening and a fantastic weekend. Good night.